My name is Petya Rashova, an alumna at the Stanford Lead Program. In continuation of the series of interview on Paths to Power, which were inspired by the Building Power to Lead course of Professor Jeffrey Pfeffer, I am talking today to Annie Filipova. Annie is building a portfolio career, and until recently, she was the Chief Operating Officer Treasury and Trade Solutions for Citibank in the Asia-Pacific region. Welcome, Annie. Welcome, Petya. Uh, great to see you, and thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you very much for being with us today. Annie, it is quite an extraordinary fact that a Bulgarian was in charge of an American bank in the Asia-Pacific region. Would you please give us a brief overview of how did that happen? <laughs> well, um, well, I don't know, extraordinary. You know, uh, for me, it's quite normal because I walk this path and, and I know all the obstacles and failures and, and setbacks uh, on the way. So... So for me, it's kind of real. Maybe from the outside, it looks extraordinary, but it's, it actually, <laughs> it's actually a normal development of a career. So um, so you mentioned that I was the chief operating officer for Treasury and Trade Solution. And just to add a little bit more dimension to it, um, it's one of the core products of Citibank. Um, it's called the jeweler, the jeweler in the crown. Um, and it operates in um, more than 90 countries. It's the strength of Citibank to offer services to its clients all around the globe. Um, so uh, we, 16 countries, including um, China and India, which is like one third of the world, two billion business. Uh, we had um, around 7,000 people across Asia. So it was a, a great business, a great learning. I was... Um, um, based in Hong Kong, and uh, before becoming a CEO, which happened in 2015, I used to work in uh, again Citibank in Singapore, um, covering again the Asia region. But I was uh, in um, in a in a different function. Before that, I was working again for Citibank in London, covering uh, Europe, Middle East, um, and Africa. Before that, I was a founding member of Citi Bulgaria. Uh, which we opened in 2000, year 2000. And before that, I was um, in um, Raiffeisen, a Greek bank, and I started my career in a, in a Bulgarian bank, United Bulgarian Bank. And I never thought I'm going to be a banker at all. That was <laughs> not the plan. I actually loved uh, travel, and my passion to travel um, made me look for opportunities for international organizations. And this is how this is how my career jumps happened. Okay, is this company going to help me travel? Yes. Okay, great. So I'm going to apply. That's how it happened. Passion for travel sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and Annie, looking back, what do you think has been critical in your path to power? I think. Um, I knew, I, I said that I, I didn't, I didn't plan to be a banker, but once I started, there were several things 
I did, uh, well, the first was that I took any opportunity, any project, anything that came my way, regardless of what it was, because I wanted to learn. So learning a diverse, um, diverse kind of um, area in the bank, actually learning all the areas in the bank was my goal because I couldn't imagine that I am going to be a specialist in one thing and I'm going to do only one thing all my life. It just uh, it didn't uh, align with my temperament and my interests uh, because every three to four years I feel that I need to do something different or live somewhere else or, or do something. I, I just can't stay um, stale and in one place. So that was it. That was the, the thing that drove it. It was the, um, I wanted to be, um, to be generalist and I wanted to, to become a, a boss, big boss. That was, that was what I was thinking. I never thought it's possible. I never thought um, it's going to happen. I just was thinking, well, that's, that's what I want. It sounds crazy, but yeah, this is what I want. And, um, I did several non-traditional um, jumps in my career. Um, so I was in a business job, business head, and then I went to risk and audit, which was for some people, they were thinking, what is wrong with me? Why am I doing this step? But then after that, when I became a chief operating officer, the important thing was that I had both business knowledge and risk knowledge. So um, being in operations in back office, I was sometimes, uh, I was even in HR, I was um, in product, IML compliance, um, um, audit, did I say? So so it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good view of what is happening in a bank. And I started in an operations where, where things actually happen, you know, how the money flow, from point A to point B, and you know what is happening in the background, so we can service our clients. Um, that was that was the drive. That was the the curiosity, the um, and the idea that I want to learn more, um, and I want to know about generally what is happening in every single area of the bank. And that's what drove me and um, contributed to my success. And of course, of course, let's not forget a lot of hard work. <laughs> yes, it's, it's always the hard work, but uh, we learn in, in, our, um, in our course that hard work by itself is crucial, but may not be enough yeah. for you to have a career growth. No, no, that's absolutely true. Um, you can work like 12, 14, 16 hours, but... Um, you have to be able to uh, also connect with people because at the end of the day, decisions about career are taken by people. And I will never forget um, what one of my bosses in, in London told me. He, I was asking him, so why, uh, what, what can I do to, to get promoted and, and build my career? And he said, well, well, who knows who is Annie Filipova? Can you tell me who knows? Um, if... There are people who know about you. If most of the people know about you and that you do a great work and you told them what are your aspirations, you multiply your chances to, to get uh, um, the next job by 100, right? So 
Um, so it's very important that you develop your network, your um, people's relations skills, so you can be on the radar of, of, of people, because otherwise, how will they think about it? They, they will not, right? So he said, when people come to me and said, oh, I work with Annie, and uh, she did something very well, well, that's, that's, a great, that's a great way to progress. This is a very good advice. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, Annie, once you achieve a position of seniority, once uh, you achieve a position of power, perhaps a different skill set is necessary to retain it. How this has been in, in your experience? Um, well, first of all, you have to, once you get to the position, you have to actually continue delivering delivering results. So whatever you were doing well, you have to continue doing this thing well. So you have to always um, put in uh, impeccable word, uh, work. You need to deliver whatever financial results. Uh, but on top of that, there are other things that that are crucial at that moment of time because... For instance, the first one is is um, curiosity or maybe awareness and um, staying abreast with all the trends that that are happening in the world. Because when you are an em um, an employee or um, reporting to somebody or just part of a team, if you don't keep in touch with reality, well, you just get dropped out of this team and nothing special will happen. There is going to be somebody else. But if you are um, on on the top and you're leading the people, you can't just fall behind. You you are leading, right? So you have to be aware of everything that is happening in the environment and know how this environment is going to impact you and everybody around you, your product, your cans. So at any point of time, you're expected to take strategic decisions, um, quick decisions, so so the company continues on the path uh, of, of growth and development and being a market leader. So that means you have to be alert. You have to go, uh, you know everything that is going on. You don't need to be an expert, but you need to know who to go to to find out about something in detail, right? And that that's like a daily daily task you have. Um, the other thing is that you yourself have to continue with learning and development because we know the world is changing so much, and especially now it's the not only so many changes but also the pace of this change is immense. We've never been in such a situation ever before as humanity, right? There's so many new things happening that you have to continuously uh, educate yourself. And it's not like you're not waiting for somebody to educate you. You just have to start using all the new tools, understand how they work, understand how they can make your life better, the life of your subordinates better, and how anything that is new can contribute to a more efficient work. So, uh, so for instance, ChatGPT went out. Well, you have to know how it works. Uh, and you try you have to try it right um in any other app any anything else that that is happening so it's self-learning as much as um you know part of whatever 
learning and development there is in, in your organization, you have to be self-learner. You have to be very keen to, to do that nonstop. And um, last but not least is the relationship and network. <laughs> Excuse me. The relationship and network with people is is what is going to elevate you because at the end of the day, it's not a computer to computer, um, company to company. It's it's person to person. The way we speak with you, it's um, your project. It's not your project talking to my uh, portfolio career. It's Annie talking to Petya, which means two people, right? So we have to really be excel actually we have to excel at working with people um understanding what drives them and um, making sure they're they're in their top form so they can perform and that that's a great responsibility which uh, is very important for for a leader so this is these are some of the things that i <laughs> can say so and honestly that's Something that everybody should do, regardless, are they um, at a position of power or not? Because because if you want to get to a position of power or senior position, let's say, because position of power maybe doesn't have that great connotation. But, I mean, to get there, you have to exhibit all these things. You can't just not. So that's the list. Thank and you. hard work, hard work is always there, right? Uh, hard work is always there. It's just that you have to become more and more smarter in the way you work, so you don't kill yourself. Because the more responsibility, the most account, the more accountability, everything, uh, your time, free time diminishes. So you have to be very, very careful to to manage this properly. Otherwise, um, you will suffer. Thank you, Annie. That's that's a great insight. And Annie, uh, you are now building a portfolio career, and uh, you are hosting the podcast uh, "Change Is Possible." Yes. Uh, you you made an enormous change in your professional life, and perhaps now you are closer to the dream of achieving a work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> Would you tell us a little bit about that as well? Well, um, yeah, the topic of work-life balance. Um, you know, I would divide it into two parts, uh, before kids and after kids. Because before kids, you just you don't think about work-life balance. At least I didn't. Uh, so for me, I mean, I was doing a job that I loved. I was traveling. So... I didn't really count how many hours I work um, and I'm pretty good in managing stress So, um, and speaking up if something is going in a way that I really don't like it. So um, managing work life only became a topic for me when um, I had my kids and this is when things this is when things become really, really difficult because you, at any point of your day, you have to constantly take note of the time and, and plan everything 
meticulously so so you don't waste this precious um one hour or half an hour which which you have free right and it's all around how i can be more with my kids with my husband um and have a personal and develop my personal interest as much as i i work because because the main cause of burnout is basically not not about it is about how hard you work but there are so many people who work hard and they still feel really um passionate and 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 they have no issue with stress etc it's about um it's about seeing that the things you want to do you never have time for them and this and you don't have time to sleep and these are two factors that that can impact you um and you start thinking and feeling down and once you start feeling tired um feeling down and um uninspired that can spiral and you find you can't find joy joy in anything so um with the kids it was my day increased so i had to i mean because we have 24 hours right so these 24 hours they don't increase they don't become 36 when you have kids no they're the same so you have to sacrifice some stuff. So you have to prioritize and see what are the top things that are important for me and go with them. Um, but it's um, when you have a, a work that you like, and let's be honest, you can't like 100% of everything you do. There is uh, 50, 60, sometimes 40, 30, some percentage that are things that, you know, you have to do admin stuff and, you know, chores and this and that. So you have to really focus on how to make this more effective and how can you make this faster. So then the important things can take the time, the, the quality time. That's, that's how you balance. And um, I always, always felt that I don't have time. Always. And um, always you have to balance nonstop at any moment um, the time that is passing and it, it will never come back. And um, that's one of the reasons why I decided to leave the corporate life at one point, because I wanted um, to use time better. Because, because, you know, we forget that our life is limited. Is limited it's not forever sometimes we live as if we are going to live forever right okay i'll do this tomorrow or i'll do this next month and i'll do this next year and then the time passes and then you wake up one day and then 10 years has passed and and you haven't done any of these things you wanted to do and um and then there is a time when you can in my case i said well there is no other time um my kids are nine years old ten years old if in the next several years i don't use my time better i am not going to be able to create the the relationship with them which will be the base for our life after that they'll become uh, teenagers and um, they'll be not interested to spend time with me that much so I said I don't have I don't have other window of opportunity. That's it. This is the window of opportunity, and it's going to close in three years, four years. So I have to act now, and this is what drove my decision to leave the corporate life and start developing a portfolio career. So portfolio career is nothing else but a collation of initiatives, projects, 
gigs, services that you offer, um, which you don't have a boss, you're the boss of yourself and you choose what you want to do and you choose with whom you want to do it. And um, in that way, you can use the time optimally. So basically, if I um, want to have uh, now the half day uh, so I can be with my kids and we go on hike, for instance, I can do it. I don't need to ask anyone. I don't need to get permission, talk to the team to, to free the time, etc. No, I just go. So in order to do something like this, you uh, you have to take, I mean, throughout your life, you have to take sound financial decisions, be literate in terms of how you manage your finances. So you have a financial cushion. You build some kind of backup. So when the time comes for you to take this decision, you can, right? There's so many people who would love to take the same jump. But they can't because they financially are not secure. And that's not because I was in banking and I could do that. No, there are many people who actually spend like more than what they earn. Uh, and you don't need to be in banking to do that. And in my podcast, there's so many other people who actually are just normal people who didn't have such big jobs and they did the change. So it's possible. You just have to have um, a discipline and idea and a wish and strive to, to do it. So now the, the work-life balance is I still have days which are 12, 14, 16 hours. Uh, but it's because, I mean, this is what I'm going to do that day and there's something that I need to finish. But then I can say next day, okay, I'm taking to them off. I'm not going to work and I'm going to do something else. And maybe nothing special. I'll just, my husband will go and uh, we just hike uh, or walk or go to the movies so that's how my work life is now. So it's always a balance, regardless of what it is, because even if you don't have work, um, it's amazing how your day fills up with thousand and one things. And uh, just one example, when uh, we left Hong Kong and moved to Greece, where I'm based now, and um, the first um, three to six months, I didn't do any of the things that I'm doing now. Um but we moved to a new house. So that took like hours of our life. And I've never felt so tired in my life because of all this going around and doing, uh, fixing a house. So, so in any um, situation in life you are, you have to just um, think of in that given situation, what is the best way to use your time? And that's, that's how you um, make up the work-life balance. I so much relate to everything you said, uh, Annie. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like you were telling part of my own story. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Thank you very much, Annie, for this uh, conversation on my behalf and on behalf of my classmates at the Stanford State.